This is the Southern Hills Church of God, and this is our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today. We hope this inspires you and guides you and builds your faith. God bless and enjoy this message. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and dive into this. We've been, I started a series last week called Guarding the Gates. And it's really been on, on my heart to really dive into the gates that we as, as, as individuals, we as Christians have to guard if we are to live the life that Christ wants us to live. We talked last week about the heart gate because the Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 4, you can go ahead and put that up there. It says, above all else, what? Guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. So if we want everything in our body to, to work the way that it should, Okay, if we're supposed to live the life of Christ that he wants us to live, it starts with our heart. Everything in our heart must align with the things that God wants us um, to do. So we're going to be going into some things in the next couple weeks uh, with about your actions, about your words, about your thoughts. Today, we're going to be talking about actually starting a couple weeks of talking about the mind gate. Because even though everything flows from your heart, once it gets to your mind, your words and your actions are a direct result of what's in your thoughts. So we have to make sure that our mind gate is guarded the way that it needs to be, okay? So today, I'm going to spend some time with that. And because it's so complex, the mind is such a complex thing. It's so, if you look into the science of the mind and the brain, there's so many different aspects. And, and, and with the um, a Christian walk, we could go into things like anxiety and we could go into things like um, a depression and we could go into things about just having a, um, a critical spirit. And we're going to talk about all those things in the, the next coming weeks. But today I wanted to make it real basic and because I think in order for us to get to the place where we can guard our heart the way that we need to, we have to position our mind. To be in the right mindset. We have to position our mind to be in that frame of mind where the things that we um, think on, the things that are always on our mind are the things of God. So we're going to be taking for that approach today. We're we're, we're going to be talking about some emotions. But today I really want to talk about getting us on track. If you look at it, things are different right now. Look around this uh, um, uh, um, uh, January 24th, look at um, uh, January 24th last year. I call them uh, the good old days, right? Back when you could just plan an event and go out to eat and go to the park and not worry about anything. You could schedule whatever you wanted to and nothing mattered. I'm telling you, and, and I think is sometimes I want to get back to uh, the good old days just a year ago where we could start doing things again. I'm ready for that. And, and one thing that I've heard over and over and over, this is unprecedented times, an unprecedented season. Nobody that's alive today has probably been through anything like this. And I promise you, I would give anything for just precedent. I don't want unprecedented. I want precedent. I want something that seems like a new normal, which is why we're doing some, some, some of the things we're doing today, because at some point you just have to get back to doing the things you were doing before to build the kingdom of God. But what I've sensed is just in the last couple of months is that people are tense. They're tense. And they're tense because of things going on around them. They're tense because of situations out of their control. And, and I'm tense. I'm not going to lie to you. There's days where I feel like I'm tense. And I'm just like, come on, let's get past this. Let's get over it. Because you turn on the TV and you get just upset at everything going on. 
And you're like, man, can I just just release the tension that's on my mind? And what happens is when we're tense, we're allowing a mindset of stress and agitation. And we don't like talking about that, but has anybody in here ever been agitated? Come on, don't be pointing hands or anything, right? But we do that. We get agitated and we get upset and we get uneasy. And some people right now are just terrified and they're angry. There's so much hate today. Why? Because it's a product of their heart, yes, but also an emotion that has polluted the mind. I've talked to so many people here recently who just have a deep sense, just they, they don't feel connected. That COVID, something that COVID did is it just disconnected our culture. It's like where everybody now is staying home, watching church online. And don't get me wrong, I've said it, and I'll say this a million times. If you're watching online today, thank you so much for joining with us. I'm grateful that we have it. But at some point, we have to understand just online only is not the answer. At some point, we've got to come back together. And we have to be a body of Christ. So I've talked to people who just don't feel connected. They feel hopeless. They they feel some that they're lacking confidence in tomorrow. They're lacking direction. They're questioning everything and everybody. There's like, well, who's behind this? Who's behind that? Who can we trust? Who's telling us the truth? I've seen some good Christian people get sucked into this culture that they form habits that are contrary to their character. Why? Because tension gets in our mind and exhaustion gets in our mind and we do things and we say things that an hour later we say we wished we'd never done. And it's a product of our mind. And we start saying things like, well, things just aren't going well. There's Things aren't going my way. I just don't understand why things can't get back to normal. Let me tell you something. I want it too. But until that day comes, I'm going to tarry on. And I'm going to live my life the way God has called me to live it. And I'm not going to have a, um, a critical spirit. I'm not going to complain. Why? Because whether we want to believe it or not, God is still in control. Come on, somebody. God's in control of the situation, but a word that I've heard over and over is, man, pastor, it's just a heaviness. A heaviness. Man, that word. Heaviness. Has anyone in here felt heavy? And I'm not talking about like you just ate ate a lot of, you know, I'm talking about a heaviness. A heaviness in your spirit. Like everything feels like it's pressing down on you a heaviness. It's because our mind has gotten off track. I define heaviness as as, um, sometimes being overwhelmed by exhaustion. We talked about it just a couple weeks ago. Heaviness can be stress. Heaviness can simply be your church self telling your other self that what you're doing is wrong. Heaviness can be you carrying the burdens of other people. And to me, that's the heaviness that I have felt. Just knowing the pain that some of my friends, some of the people in this church that are going through. And I wake up and I carry that burden and I pray, God, take it. If there's anything I can do to take the burden off of them so that I could carry it, God, let me carry it because I don't want to see them hurt like that. I don't want to see them go through like that. And it's a heaviness. 
And then what happens is when, when, when we allow the heaviness to come in, where does it come from? It's because we've gotten off track in our mind. It's because we've let our guard down that our actions and our words can't produce the fruit that Christ desires in us. It means that we've stopped doing the things and, and having the traits that God wants us to have because we've allowed things in that shouldn't be there. So now there's a heaviness upon us and it's a battle of your mind. Anxiety. I can go into an entire message of people that are anxious. Look, I've got it sometimes where I'm just anxious about how's this going to go? How's that going to be? How's this meeting going to turn out? What's going to happen here if I do this? And we have anxiety that comes on. And when we feel this anxiety, it's like everything, the entire world is pressing down on me. And I don't know what to do except cry and get on my knees and say, God, I can't do it. Only you can. So, Lord, please take this from me. Has anybody else felt like that? A heaviness. And so today I want to talk about it. And I want to talk about aligning our mind back with God. And I'm going to be real basic today. The next couple weeks we're going to be talking about the emotions that we, that we will deal with in, in our mind. But today I want to get basic and I want you to pray with me and ask that God help me deliver this the way he wants me to. Lord God, I thank you so much for your word. God, I pray that this word be etched in my heart. God, I pray that the words of this Bible be beyond my mouth so that I can speak life into somebody today. God, I pray that you do with me what you did with Moses. God, be my mouth as I speak. Take all anxiety away. And God, just let me preach the word the way that you want me to. God, I pray for every single body in this room and everybody watching online that, God, you'd open up our ears to hear, our minds to know, and our eyes to see the truth of your word today. We ask all this in your name. And everybody said, amen. I never knew how bad I'd miss church. Can we be honest? When COVID hit up, what was it, March of last year? And we had to close down for just a couple weeks. Actually, Easter Sunday, we didn't even have it in-house. We, we had it online. And I knew it was something we were supposed to do. I knew it was something that we should do to make sure that, you know, we're getting the right information about COVID and keeping people safe and wearing the masks and, and, all, and all those things. But can I tell you, I never knew how bad I'd miss church. I missed being around people. I missed being around each other. I missed the connection. I missed the people. And, and today, for, if you're taking notes, the first thing that I want to talk about t t t t today to guard your mind, to get your mind back in the place that it needs to be, we need church. I told you I'm going to be basic. We need church. We need it. We need it. We need it. Did you know that the Greek word appears in the Bible 107 times? The root word ek, meaning out of, and then klesia, coming from the word calling. The word literally means church, means to assemble, to gather. It means called out. 
That's what the church is supposed to be. That's who we are. We are the church. We're gathered together to, to have strength. We're gathered together to be called out. The first time this word is mentioned in all of the, of the New Testament is actually mentioned by Jesus himself. And, and to give you context, he was talking to his chosen 12 and he gave them this pop quiz. And he's like, let me ask you a question, guys. And maybe he, uh, you know, maybe, and he said to them, who do the people say that I am? And the disciples were searching, maybe, you know, uh, they were trying to figure out what to say. They might have been reaching, they might, you know, they were probably telling the truth. And they're like, um, John the Baptist, Elijah, um, 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 you other prophets. And then Jesus turned it on to Peter. And he said, no, Peter, you tell me. Who do you say that I am? And the Spirit of God gave him wisdom, and Peter said, you are the Christ. You are Jesus. You are the Son of the living God. And Jesus said to Peter, the first time church is mentioned, watch this, Matthew chapter 16, and I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my what? My church. And the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Jesus said, I will build my church. It's his church. It's his church. Can I repeat that and say that with all the love that I have? And I love you with everything, but guess what? It isn't your church. Is that okay this morning? It's not your church. I've said it, this isn't a country club where we pay dues just to get what we want. It's his church where we give his money back to him so he can do what he wills. That's what the church is. He said, I will build my church. He cares about his church. He loves his church. And I, when I was thinking for just a moment, you know, just yesterday on things that have influenced my life about the church, and you could come up with your own list, but since I have the microphone, I'll just give you mine, okay? I gave my heart to Christ in church. I was baptized in a church in Ohio. In a kid's service in Michigan, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I grew close to God in church. I was involved in dramas and music and teen talent and choirs and plays and skits all at church. I met my wife at church camp. We went to church together. We started working for the church. We experienced miracles in the church. Guess what? We also experienced heartbreak. We've been hurt plenty of times in the church but we continued to love Jesus in the church and we continued to serve God in his church. We have three beautiful children who love Jesus, all involved in church. All three of them have given their heart to God in church. One's been baptized in church. Can I tell you, and if you know my kids today, and I laugh about it, I love them to death, but they are not perfect. But they all love Jesus. How'd that happen? I give a lot of credit to my wife because she's a godly wife. But truthfully, you're right. It's the church. 
I credit who they are today because of you. Because of how you poured your life into them. I can't do that online. But I can do it in church. When we're gathered together. And our whole life, honestly, everything that I can find that is meaningful is a reflection of the work of God through His bride, the church. And it's not because I'm a pastor. It was way before I even became a pastor. It's all because I know Jesus and I've accepted him into my heart and he's the Lord of my life and I live for him and I serve him and I worship him and I glorify him and when I need him the most, he's always there for me. Guess what? All that happened in the church. He said, I will build my church. I want to talk to you how important the church is. And I want to use a passage that you're very familiar with, Proverbs 31. And for those of you in here, especially um, 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 the women in here, know that passage to be what, what resembles a godly woman, right? Proverbs 31, it talks about the virtues of a godly wife, of a godly lady. But I want to talk to you too because we also need to understand that all scripture points to Jesus. Every single one. Did you know that Proverbs chapter um, 31, there's 22 um, 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 verses about the godly wife. And what's amazing is that it's an acrostic poem. What that means is each of the 22 verses start with one of the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. Did you know that? But when we're talking about how all Scripture points to Jesus, even though Proverbs 31 talks about godly women, it talks toward Jesus. Let me explain. In the Old Testament, you can see images, um, utterances of Jesus. Jesus is always the main character. Song of Solomon is a graphic love story between a man and a um, woman, but it also is a portrayal of God's love for his church. And what I want to do is show you how Proverbs 31 also talks about his church. When Jesus references the church, what does he call it? The bride of Christ. The bride of Christ. Sometimes, and I preached on this just about a couple months ago, but for men, that's hard to understand that I am a bride of Christ. But we are. We are the bride of Christ. So I want to look at this passage, Proverbs 31. And I've picked out a couple of passages here that I want us to see. And every time you see the word her or you see the word wife, I want you to picture that passage speaking to Jesus and saying the bride of Christ. Watch this. A, a church of noble character who can find she is worth far more than rubies. Her husband, Jesus, is full of confidence in his church and lacks nothing of value. Watch this. The church brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. Go on. It says that the church gets up while it's still night, provides food. Watch this. Go on. The church opens up doors to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. Watch this. The church is clothed with strength and dignity. 
dignity, for she can laugh at the days to come. She speaks wisdom, and instruction is on her tongue. The church watches over the affairs of her household. Do you see that? All scripture points to Jesus. And he talks about the bride of Christ. She watches over the affairs of the household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children, her children arise and call her blessed. Does that speak to you today? Does that connect with you? It does with me and it's probably because you recognize you don't just go to church, but you are the church. You are the bride of Christ. Jesus said, I will build my church. And he's begun building your life to be even more than just about you, but to be a part of a larger calling, a a bigger mission in this world. Does that connect with you? It sure does me. Because you begin to see how important the church is supposed to be. The church should be important. I want to share with you some stats that has happened since COVID started. Church stats that are saying that online-only church models cannot be maintained over time. These are the numbers that were compiled from April 28th to May the 11th of last year. Watch this. From 57 to 75-year-olds, 26% of them stopped attending church. 11% changed churches. And almost half watched online for the Gen X people in here. um, 35% stopped going to church. 17% stopped churches. Why? Because most of them said we didn't feel connected. Um, 31% stayed online. For the ages 25, half, 50% stopped going to church. 8% changed churches. And 30% watched online. Now this next one is from the Barna group, okay? Only 2 in 10 millennials believe church is still important. My God. Did you hear that? 20%? And of those, over half of them said that they grew up in church. If present trends continue, the percentage of the population that attends church um, 30 years from now is estimated to be almost half of the attendance from 1990. 11.7%. Because people have lost connection. We don't have to talk all day to understand that the church maybe has gotten off mission just a little bit. And maybe it's because our mind has not been aligned with the things of God. Maybe we have to go back and say, God, fix my heart. God, cleanse my heart. Unify my heart. Purify my heart. Align what I want with what you want for me. And God, when my heart is there, teach my mind what to say. Teach my mind what to do. Show me what I should be doing so that these numbers don't become reality. 
The church must stay on course. What's the church here to do? The church is here to clothe you, to give you food. I'm supposed to be week in and week out giving you food to eat. But can I say, the reality is, if all we're getting food is once a week, it's not enough. That's why we have small groups. That's why we have Wednesdays. That's why there's podcasts, because guess what? You don't always have to just listen to me. As much as I would like to think you like hearing me speak, there's thousands and thousands of other people out there that you can get food from. What do I do when I'm hungry and it's midnight? I go to the cabinet and I get me some food. When you're hungry, go eat. When you're hungry for God, go eat. The church is to clothe, the strength to give you food. It's also there to correct. We don't like correction. But the church is there to do it. I did a session on conflict management to a young group of ministers just a couple weekends ago. And... I taught them about the verse that says if you have aught against your brother to rebuke them. And I asked them to tell me what they thought the word rebuke meant. And everybody said, well, rebuke is when you talk to somebody with, a, with you know, your hand in their face or you get on to them with a stern voice. Can I tell you, the Hebrew definition to the word rebuke is to lovingly, lovingly, Share somebody honestly about how you feel. Rebuke isn't by any means the way that we picture the word rebuke to being. So what should we do when we correct? We lovingly tell somebody, hey, this is what the Bible says. The church is there to do that. But can I tell you what, what, what has happened during COVID is that church for some reason has been put on a back burner. And can I tell you today, being involved in church, being in church, not just online, I'm talking about being here, it helps you guard your mind. It helps you be in the right mindset, into the right place. Look, why? Because what the enemy wants is isolation. He wants you by yourself. He wants you at home where nobody's speaking into you. He wants you at home where nobody's watching because a sheep left all by themselves is prey for the wolf to attack. Isolation is an attack of the enemy. And I'm telling you, church, right now, stop isolating yourself away from the body of Christ. We're in COVID. Be safe. Wear a mask. Stay away from people. Do what you got to do. But get back in church. Isolation is not healthy because the next thing I want to talk about, number two, and I'm going to spend just a couple minutes here and I'll close. And it's a byproduct of being in church. It's being connected. We must get connected. And connection to me is not a high and by on a Sunday morning. That's not connection. Connection is a game night. Um, connection is over at y'all's house. Connection is a prayer night. I mean, um, a connection is a ladies' Bible study. I'm telling you, connection is a men's breakfast, which, by the way, men, get ready, because we're about to start eating again. Come on, somebody say amen. It's about Connection. Being involved with each other. 
Why is it that people feel disconnected? They feel alone. They feel trapped. They feel hopeless. They feel desperate. What's missing? Maybe it's church or maybe the church is missing you. Will you say, Pastor, you're preaching awfully hard about being around like-minded people. I thought we were supposed to go into all the world and preach the gospel, even the people that don't look and talk. Yes, you're supposed to do that. But can I tell you, if I'm around liars all day, every day, and that's all I'm around, guess what I become? If I'm only around people that will just gossip and gossip and be critical and complain, guess how I will become? I'll be just like the people that I'm always around. Should we minister? Absolutely. You should preach Jesus and you should share the love of Christ. But at some point, you've got to get with like-minded believers so we can bring strength to our spirit. We need the church. He said, I will build my church. I was talking to somebody not too long ago, and I promise I'm about to close. Maybe. I said, how, you make, how, how, how are you doing? He said, Pastor, I'm making it. Well, that's good. That sounds just bad, that you're just making it. I mean, doesn't it? If you're just making it, then you're just doing enough to just get by. I said, we should change our perspective from I'm making it to it will all be worth it. Think about it. I'm just making it. No. All of this, all the pain, all the turmoil, everything that I'm going through in the end I know my Bible says that he's working it out for my good so I'm not just making it church I know it's all going to be worth it because soon and very soon my Jesus is coming back for me and I've got something to look towards it's all going to be worth it in the end Regina it's all worth it it's all worth it it's all worth it it's all worth it Acts chapter 2, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And to what? And to what? Yes, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together where? In the temple courts. Why? Because corporate worship was important to them. But then look what happened. They broke bread in their homes. And they ate together. With glad and sincere hearts. Praising God. And enjoying the, the favor of all people. And then watch. When they did it, that their number, the Lord added to them daily. Can I tell you how important church is? The corporate gatherings? Get back in church. But can I tell you how important it is to break bread from house to house? Get connected. If we are to be the strong, united church that I know God has called us to be, we need both of them working together. So let me encourage with you.
and plead with you and beg you to engage. Just engage. We can share the stats of why most children fall away from God. It's because men are not engaged in their life. Can I tell you what drives children away from church? When parents are not engaged in church. We need to be engaged again if if you'll come. If I've got music behind me, that means it's time to quit. Listen, here's the deal. We're in war. We're in war. The enemy wants everything in his power to isolate the church people. Because he knows how strong a united church can be. How do we guard our mind? By aligning our mind back where it should be. On the things of God. Well, how do we align it? By getting in church and by connection. It's not just um, a coincidence that we're having a small group fair on the day that I'm, uh, that I'm, I'm uh, you know, preaching about this. I want you to know because I want to hammer connection. And I want you after service to go next door. And even if you don't stay long, even if you don't grab a plate of food, just look to see what we have to offer. Connect. Connect. Please wear a mask. I have an American you know, mask. Wear a, wear a, wear a mask but connect why because we're in war and because the Bible says now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work where within us we carry the church we carry the gospel we carry him out connect engage be a part my prayer for you today is if you've been isolated I want to pray for you. If you have felt lonely, if you have felt that, is there anybody praying for me? If you have felt isolated, I want to encourage you to know that at least you've got one guy. This pastor right here is praying for you. We don't have to agree on everything, but I love you anyway. Did you know that it's okay to not agree with each other and still love each other? I think our world needs to hear that one. I'm praying for you. I've got your back. I really do. If you're new here and you've never been here before, guess what? I love you. I've, I don't even know you, but I've got your back. But I need you to have mine too. I need you to have my back. We're in this together. Together. Together.